let's just lift our hands in prayer to the Lord. And we call upon that name that is above every other name that can be named. We call upon that name in this service tonight for manifestations of the Spirit and the supernatural amongst us. We call upon the name of Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, the only Son of the living God. We call on the power of that name. We call on the strength of that name. We call on the victory of that name. We call on the authority of that name, the name of Jesus Christ. And that name which is maligned among the nations, not honored. And that name that is blasphemed in this city. We call upon that name. We call upon the name that represents you, Lord. Everything that you are, the Father took your name. And it made, he made your name higher than every authority. There is no greater authority than the name of Jesus. All authority has been given to me, says the Lord. Therefore go and in my name cast out devils, heal the sick, proclaim the kingdom, and make disciples. Holy Spirit, we pray that you will bring the power of your name into this place right now. We pray that your glory would fall. We pray that your presence would come. We pray that your will would be done. We open our hearts to you and ask that you will do a great work in our lives. We've come again, Lord, to the fire service and we're asking for some of the Holy Spirit fire to burn within us, to ignite things that have not been ignited before, to burn deep in our lives and our hearts, to burn the Word of God. And I see a picture of the Word of God amongst us and I see the Word of God and the Word of God, I see scriptures written but they're written in iron and they're burning. The Word of God is burning. Is not my word like fire, says the Lord through the prophet Jeremiah. And I see scriptures before me and they're in iron, but they're burning with the fire of the Holy Spirit. Burning red deep. It's just these words are a flame. They're like branding irons. The Word of God. What the Spirit of the Lord is saying is that in these days, I'm going to do a new thing with my word in your heart. I'm going to take the word of God, I'm going to set it alight. And like a branding iron, it's going to burn. The Lord says he's going to take his word and he's going to burn it in your hearts. He's going to brand his word in your heart. He's not going to write it with crayons or pens. He's going to brand the word of God by the fire of God. And that branding will be so strong in your heart, it will burn so deeply into your heart that those words will never be erased. Because in past times and former times, says the Lord, my word has been spoken and has gone through the ears of people, but it's not gone and found a place in their heart. Gone in one ear, out the other. And there have been hearers of the word, says the Lord. But I am now going to bring to pass doers of the word. For I am tired, says the Lord, of those that hear that do, but do not obey. Those that taste sermons but do not digest them. So in these days, I'm going to take my word, says the Lord, and I'm going to do what you've all desired me to do. I am going to burn the word into your hearts. And that reminds me, Lord, it reminds me of the disciples on the road to Emmaus. And they'd heard many things. They'd heard the words preached by you during your ministry. They'd, they'd heard the prophecies. They'd seen the ministry of the disciples. 
But it was only when you were raised from the dead and they were walking, thinking that you had been defeated, thinking that it was all over, that it had been a great show, but the show had come to an end and that the curtain had fallen on Calvary. The curtain hadn't fallen on Calvary. The curtain only was raised on Calvary because that was the beginning of the ministry of the ascended, resurrected Christ. And so you were resurrected and you came back now in power. You had overcome the world finally. The Lord spoke to me earlier on to this day in prayer and he said, encourage my people because people are struggling in this world, struggling with the powers of this world, struggling with the confrontations of this world and the activities of the evil one in their lives and in the nation and in the church. And the flesh, has he been inflamed in these days, in this generation? This is a generation of the flesh. And also the devil has been inflamed in these days, going around roaring like lying, devouring whom he please, it seems. And the Holy Spirit said to me, encourage my people tonight. Tell them, I have overcome the world. Jesus said in this world, you will have trials, tribulations, oppositions, and mountains will come against you. Devils will come against you. The fleshly will come against you. But he said, take courage. I have overcome the world. When he came up out of that grave, he didn't come out in defeat. He came out in total, utter victory. Jesus had taken on worldliness and everything that the devil could throw, and he had conquered it on the cross. And he is saying to us that that same overcoming spirit is in us by the power of the Holy Spirit. Do not fear because God is taking his word and he's going to brand it on your heart. He's going to raise up some doers. It's going to be so burning in your heart like those men on the road to Emmaus. Jesus was speaking to them. They didn't know what was going on. They were in defeat. They were walking away from the ministry. There's people listening to me today in this room or on the internet and you're going to walk away from the ministry. You've already walked away from the ministry in your heart and you're thinking about walking away from the ministry actively. And the Lord says to you that He is going to put a new brand in your heart and that brand will be a powerful word, it will be a burning word and the word in your heart will be faithful and true, faithful and true. God has not even begun to start the ministry that he wants to do in your life. And he has allowed these things to happen that you might understand that before the throne of God, no man may boast, no woman may boast. And God has allowed the enemy in circumstances to bring you to the point where you're ready to quit the ministry. And God said, I needed to bring you to this place so that I could start my true ministry in your life. Past his prologue and all the things that you've suffered in the past, my friend all the things that you've went through and the defeats all of those past things are nothing but prologue the introductory chapter to the book of ministry that God has already written in heaven for you to walk by a burning on the road to Emmaus there was a burning and Jesus said you're so slow to understand so slow to understand the things written by the prophets in the Old Testament they are not the words of man but they were the words of Almighty God sent into the spirit realm to bring to pass that which God has ordained. Let the plans of man be destroyed. Let the plans of kings and rulers, false gods and demons be brought low before the throne of God. 
I had a picture of the King of Glory walking into man's affairs today as I prayed and sought the Lord and I saw the vain vanities of mankind, the vain vanities of politicians residing in this very city, thinking that they hold the key, thinking they can dismiss the Son of the living God, thinking that they can right the wrongs of this world by their own political understanding theories and calculations. I saw the thrones of the devil in this city, the thrones of false religion. I saw great and powerful demons on their thrones spouting forth their lies, releasing their demonic powers and blinding powers over the people of this city. And I saw them all in the courtroom, not, not like a courtroom, uh, like a king's courtroom. And they were talking and they were chattering in their demonic tones and their false theologies and their wrongful philosophies. And I began to intercede before the throne of God and said, God, I've seen this before. You've taken me and you've shown me the great powers that are in the city and you've given me a taste. And that taste was so bitter, the taste, and it felt like defeat was coming. And I began to intercede and I said, God, you have to send your Holy Spirit. You've got to send your fire. There has to be an intervention from the throne of God. Don't leave us in this kind of judgment. Don't leave us on the power of ungodly men and women, ungodly politicians, ungodly demons, and ungodly thrones of false philosophies and religions. God, please don't leave us. That's what we deserve to be left in our sins. But I was pleading for the Lord. And then I was pleading for that two nights ago. And then this morning, I was waiting, this afternoon, as I was waiting before the Lord, the Holy Spirit brought me again into that kingly courtroom where the demons were chattering and the politicians were chattering, all their foul stench and the powers of this world were there. And then all of a sudden, I felt a presence from the back of me in that room. And there was an entrance. I could feel somebody was entering into that room. At that moment, every single demon, principality and politician fell to the floor as the Holy Spirit announced, the King is come. Not the King is coming, but the King is come. Not the King has come, not the King is coming. I heard the herald, the Holy Spirit through angelic herald saying, the King is come. Down on their faces, every foul spirit boasting blasphemous word, they were on their faces. And then I saw from behind the back of a King walking through in majesty, strength and power to take his throne. And I was encouraged. I was encouraged because it's not over till it's over and God hasn't finished with you. He's not finished with me. He's only just begun. And I was encouraged that there is a new coming, a new fiery word, a new fiery word to take on the fiery serpent that God is going to take and burn into your hearts, brand into your hearts the word of God. So deep the world will not be able to erase it. Unbelief will no longer be able to erase it. It will be, you will be branded of the Lord. How many people in this place want to have God's brand on their hearts? Well, it's coming. It's already coming in some of you. A burning word for burning hearts. We'll be saying, did, did not our hearts burn 
I already feel the flames of Almighty God coming in a new way into your heart. We call this the Holy Spirit fire service. We're not claiming anything, but we're pushing in for something. There's not many people pushing in for the fire of God in these days, but we're pushing in for some sort of move of God, some sort of internal combustion, an internal combustion engine. God wants to give you a Holy Spirit internal combustion engine with a turbo boost. Flames coming out of your exhaust as you motor on the highway of God's holiness. Oh, hallelujah. Why don't you just... Re- Father, I release a fresh impartation. I release a fresh impartation of fire in this place today. Your people tonight are hungry for you, Lord. They're here for a purpose. They're not here by accident or tradition. If they were, they'd be going to some traditional morning service. They're here tonight to seek you. You're here to seek them. We're praying, Lord, that an impartation would take place. On the inside of every life in this place, every life watching on the internet, we release an impartation of the fiery work of the Holy Spirit. John baptized with water, but he said, one greater than I is coming. And he will baptize you with fire. Oh, and Holy Ghost. Therefore, we ask for a fresh baptism on the inside of our lives. Burn out the impurities and bring a fiery passion. Lord, in our lives, command what you will. But in our lives, give us the will to do what you command. We're praying for an almighty move of God in our lives coming into Advent. As we celebrate today, Advent Sunday, first Sunday in Advent, as we prepare to celebrate Christmas and the coming of the King. God, we want a fresh coming of almighty fire. We want a taste of the coming King that will come with angels of fire. Won't come back in some little stable, in some little village called Bethlehem. He's coming back with the angels of fire to put to rights this earth and to judge the ungodly. Oh God, give us a taste of the fire. Let the fiery gospel once again blaze in the hearts of your saints and in this city. Set this city on fire again, Lord. Set this church on fire again. Burn up the flesh. Burn up the flesh. Burn up the flesh by the passion of the Spirit. The flesh wars against the Spirit, but the Spirit wars back. The flesh hates the Spirit, and the flesh hates, and the Spirit hates the flesh back. The flesh powers itself and steals itself, but the Holy Spirit steals Himself and His desires and His power. And the Spirit is more powerful than the flesh. For those that come and say, Holy Spirit, come and overpower me. Come and overwhelm me with the love of God and the power of the majesty. So the Holy Spirit will come like a deluge, like a wave of glory and wash our hearts. Burn into us the word. Give us passion. A passion that is not so humanly made, but a passion that comes from the very throne room of God and the very heart of the majestic one. Lord, we open our hearts to you tonight, Lord. Yeah, let it burn, prophesy. Oh, let it burn, I love that. Send your fire. Let it burn. 
Remember that invocation, that song, that, that's an invocation. What does that mean? It's a calling on the Spirit. So make sure we remember that because there'll be times. Because you know, we're not just calling on the Holy Spirit for our own lives. It's bigger than that. This is, this is bigger than we, than we understand. This isn't just about God in our lives. We're calling, I don't know how many places in London tonight are invoking the Holy Spirit and asking Him to come. Maybe a few others, not many though, eh? And so what we're doing on these evenings is not just for ourselves. It's something that we're doing for our part for the city. So when we invoke the Holy Spirit, we need it more than anything else. I, I, I can't, I, sometimes I think the Holy Spirit plays hide and seek. Maybe I'm wrong. Sometimes he plays hide and seek. And it's like the more you seek him, he keeps hiding. It just gives you enough. You think you've got him and he's gone. Well, that's how I'm finding it when I'm seeking him. It's like, I just, oh, there he is, gone. Do you know what that's making me hungry? Is hide and seek. It's making me want to seek him more. And I'm just about to, to touch the hem of his garment. He's gone. Or he just gives, or suddenly he's, he's gone. <laughs> I want to find him. And, and if you're going through that, if you're thinking, where's God? The hide and seek is not, you know, in the end, you're going to find him. But sometimes the seeking is as important as the finding. Because God is doing a great work in your life if you're seeking the Holy Spirit. If you're not seeking the Holy Spirit, well, you wouldn't be here tonight. But if somebody wasn't seeking the Holy Spirit, they have to ask God. What? They've got to say, God, help me give me a desire there's many times in my life when I have gone to God and said God please can you start by giving me a desire for you because I don't see much in my life Lord command what you will but in me will what you command you've got to start it because of myself there'll never be any desire for God no one seeks God no one seeks God no not one not even a Christian seeks God of their own but as we seek the Holy Spirit, we say, God, do something. Put fire in my heart, put passion in my heart. And it comes from Him. It's not fleshly. It's a genuine move of the Holy Spirit that's taking place inside us. I do believe that God is doing that. He's working in us. He wants vessels that can carry His glory without touching His glory or utilizing His glory for their own work. Hallelujah. Please take your seats. Thank you. lady in the balcony with the is it the cross on and the, is it gray um got a word of encouragement for you what, what's your name your first name behind yeah pardon ruby and your voice is broken that's all right um what, what do you do ruby what does she do a teaching assistant have you got any plans to, are you, are you studying or are you going to take that to the next level? So it's 2015. What age range or subject is it? Tell your interpreter. What age is that? Six, seven, your name's Ruby. When I, 
when I was just worshiping, the Holy Spirit directed me to you, Ruby, and said something very significant is going to take place in your life. Something very significant, very good. It's not a bad thing, but something very significant is going to take place in your life. And I believe it's going to be, well, it might, it might be before next year, but certainly next year. I don't know whether that's linked to that or it might be something totally different that I don't know. But something life-changingly, wonderfully significant is taking place in your life next year. And so if you don't, you, you don't know what that is, you may not know what that is, and that's fine. But I just, just, want, I just felt the Holy Spirit wanted you to know, Ruby, that you're on his mind and that you're walking in his plans for your life. It's good to hear about the progression next year. And, but he has got his eye on you tonight. He has got his plans for you. And he's got good plans for you. And he just wants you to know, keep on doing what you're doing. Because something very significant, I don't know what it is. You'll know what it is when it happens. It might be something right out of left field that you never expected. But there's a blessing coming your way and God's eye is on you he's pleased with you he's happy with you he's got a future for you and some sort of significant thing is going to happen in, in, in your life next week you know last week um, I read a poem for broken men if you remember that and I didn't make any altar call or anything like that I didn't feel it was appropriate it was a, a work going and I just wanted to say that I got some responses from that on email um, somebody who ended up in this service hadn't been here for many years and just felt some reason that they had to come and that word was just for them and then also had some feedback um, on the internet of that um, touching um, somebody's life so let, let, let's just wait and see if the Holy Spirit wants to do anything else uh, in this period <clears throat> I heard, I heard the word t t temerity, that there's some people, obviously, wouldn't need a word of knowledge, but this is the way that there, there are people here that are in a place of fearfulness and, and you're, you're fearing. You're in a place right now of fear. You're worrying, you're, anxiety, you're anxious, and you're fearful. I'm not going to call you out and minister to you because there's probably quite a few of us that would fit that. But there's certainly some people in particular, maybe in the internet as well. There's just, there's just a, what, what I'm seeing, hearing, feeling is a debilitating fear. It's a fear that keeps you awake at night. You get up, you go to work, you're already tired. It's a fear that keeps coming back to you. It's a fear. It's a spirit of fear. And perfect love, John says, casts out fear. And the Lord is saying to you, what you fear is not going to happen. What you fear is not going to happen. It's blown totally out of proportion and the enemy has got into it and is working on this fear and driving it and, and trying to dominate your life and the Holy Spirit says 
that he is going to pour out his love into your heart to cast out this fear. But in order to do that, he's saying you need to open your heart up. And I get sort of like the feeling like a, a bit like a flower. You know, if a flower is closed, it can't really receive the sunlight, can it? And so fear has shut you up. I mean, fear has closed your heart because fear has been dominating you. It's closed your heart tightly. Fear. And God is just asking you to come to him in times like this, also in your own personal time, to come to him into his arms, into the secret place where he's in charge and begin to open your heart to him. Don't let those fear words dominate you. Open your heart. Speak to him. Pray to him. Talk about his goodness and his faithfulness. He's your father. Bring these things to him and begin to open up to him. Words of prayer and trust and childlike attitude. And if you begin to open up to God, he will be able to do a work in your life that will begin to heal you of this fear and drive out that demonic stronghold but you see if you don't come to him and open up then how can he get in and that's what he's saying he's waiting to get in you say well how do I do that you do that by just worshipping him just simple whether you feel like just sing the songs that you love to him spending time in his presence coming to services and opening your heart to him reading the psalms and letting them touch you going to him as father and just asking him to open up your heart you know I've been saying command what you will but will what you command so you can say God help me open up my heart it's a process write this down don't forget it don't let fear rob you of what's being said to you tonight write this down because this is a process for you you are a flower that's closed by fear but God wants the process that's going to happen in your life right now. There's no other more important process than this for you who know this is for you. The process is for you to open up and let God to shine in. That's all really that matters right now. So this is a major word for you. It's not just a, a thought, oh yeah, I suffer from... You know who you are. I'm talking about people that are debilitated by fear, sleepless nights. That's who I'm talking to. We all have our fears. But I'm talking to those especially. This is the word that will set you free. So don't cast it aside. Don't think about it tonight and then tomorrow. Write it down. Bring it to the Lord until you begin to experience that flower opening. And as your flower openings, you will get so much of a healing in your life. It will make a... Um, a, a, a great difference. Next week, here at the seven o'clock, we have a very special evening. Nine o'clock and eleven o'clock and seven o'clock, we have the uh, visit of Teen Challenge, the Teen Challenge Choir. They're going to be doing a presentation. These are young men and women that um, have been taken off the streets uh, to be helped with drug addictions and alcohol addictions and come from some terrible backgrounds and home lives and uh, just absolutely down and out and they're picked up brought to these teen challenge homes where they're given dignity healing discipleship 
and brought back strong for Christ. Their stories are just amazing. It's, it's revival, really, that's taking place. And they're going to be singing and giving their testimony, 9, 11, and 7. But at the 7 o'clock, they're going to be doing something different. It's not repeat the 9, 11. They're going to have a... Spe- they understand what the 7 o'clock service is. And there's going to be special time, with special ministry. Also, the... Um, the, the UK director of Teen Challenge is a very close friend of mine, one of my closest friends and one of the people I respect most in life. And his name is Jay Fallon. And that man is on fire. He himself came from the depths of drug addictions and now preaches the gospel with, with such anointing and fire. And he's going to be speaking at the seven o'clock service. And and ministering so um, there's going to be a touch of fire so just wanted to let let you uh, know about that well I was seeking God for a word to to give you and uh, last week we looked at um, that's great thank you we looked and the word I got was spiritual birthing that God wanted to birth some new things in our lives and we especially looked at Elijah who, um, who had the word of God, didn't he? But just because God says it's going to rain, didn't mean that it was going to rain. And Elijah prophesied and said to the king, it's going to rain. But he didn't leave it at that. He knew God's word. He knew God's reign, God's prophecy. But he didn't leave it there. He then went up on a mountain and he began to pray. He put himself in birthing position, the position of birthing. And he began to pray. And seven times he sent his servant to see if the rain had come. And six times nothing had happened. He just kept on pushing. It was the labor pains to bring to spiritual birth that which God had prophesied. Listen, in some of your life, in some of your, some of your lives, you've got the word. You've been given the prophecy. Uh, you've been spoken to. Your version of it's going to rain. And you're wondering why it's not come to pass. Well, for some of you, you need to birth it. You need to keep bringing it back to the Lord and and birth it because the birthing process is as important as the actual manifestation because you grow in your birthing process and your trust of God and in your pressing in and your need of God. So that was last week. This week, as I was seeking for a prophetic word, because I don't have a pulpit here to remind me that I'm not here to preach. I'm here to prophesy. So even when I share scriptures with you, for me, it's not like, oh, well, here's a sermon for you. I'm prophesying to you. It's prophecy. And so it will hit you in many different ways, I pray. And, uh, but God is speaking prophetically. And so the words I got today, or, the, or what I got today was, the Holy Spirit spoke to me about attention-seeking behavior. No, not, not like, not, but that was the funny thing. Attention-seeking behavior. That's what you talk about somebody that's annoying, don't you? Oh, it's that attention-seeking behavior again. You know what I'm talking about? But this is in a positive way because there is an attention-seeking behavior that gets the attention of God. It's a good-seeking behavior. So there's that attention-seeking behavior we talk about with children or, in, or even more, more in these days, adults, you know, and they're having tantrums or they're doing things or they're doing stuff and saying things in order to get your attention, attention-seeking behavior. But there is an attention-seeking behavior that is from the throne of God and that gets God's attention. You see, we often talk here at KT, about faith in the sense of just trusting God 
and believe in God in circumstances. You know, don't give up. Just keep on believing. Just keep on trusting. Just You're going through a tough time. You're going through a trial. You're going through a test. Just, just keep believing God. There's, the end, there's a light at the end of the tunnel. And we talk about that type of faith, that tenacity, that, um, that patience, that endurance, that long-temperedness, the Greek macrothumia, where you just keep on going on. And that really is faith. But we're not talking about this faith tonight. We're talking about attention-grabbing faith. Faith that turns God's head in your direction. And I was thinking of, of three people and, uh, who, who did this. And the first person I thought of in Mark chapter 10 was blind, and verse 46, was blind Bartimaeus. Mark 10, 46. Later on at the end, Christian is going to come and he's just going to give some words of healing of where we believe the Holy Spirit's going to heal tonight. That's where we're going to end tonight, just to let you know. Um, but we've got a while yet. Uh, Mark 10, uh, for 46, attention-seeking behavior. And they came to Jericho. And as Jesus was leaving Jericho with his disciples and a great crowd, Bartimaeus, a blind beggar, the son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. And many rebuked him for his attention-seeking behavior, telling him to be silent. But he cried out all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stopped and said, call him. And they called the blind mind, saying to him, take heart, get up, he's calling you. And in attention-seeking behavior manner, he threw off his cloak, sprang up and came to Jesus. And Jesus said to him, what do you want me to do for you? And the blind man said to him, Rabbi, let me recover my sight. And Jesus said to him, go your way. Your attention-seeking behavior has made you well. And immediately he recovered his sight and followed him on the way. You know, in other versions, it speaks about Jesus was passing by. And so the picture here is of a man with a great need, sitting by the roadside, and then he hears that Jesus is coming. Now, if he just remained by the roadside, silently and quietly, it seems that Jesus would have just passed right by. But he didn't. He began to demonstrate attention-seeking behavior. He started to cry out when he heard about it, calling on Jesus, having mercy on me. And it was annoying to those that were around him. You think, well, surely someone crying out for the Lord. Everybody going, isn't this wonderful? But people were annoyed by it. People didn't like it. People were like, you know, leave him alone. Shut up. Stop. Stop trying to get, you know, attention-seeking behavior. You know, we all know you're blind. We know your father. We know everything like that. Stop trying to seek the limelight. Just calm down. If Jesus wants to come to you and do something, he will. He's the master. So, you know, stop, stop doing this. But what did he do? He told them to stop, stop, and they rebuked him and told him to be silent, but he cried out all the more. This is attention-seeking behavior. This man wanted 
to meet with the son of the living God and he wanted change to come in his life and he was fed up with the circumstance that he was in. And he had heard about Jesus. He knew who Jesus was. He knew that he was Jesus of Nazareth. So he knew that Jesus was and he'd heard what he'd done and he wanted his peace of the action. He wanted, he wanted his healing. He wanted God. He'd, he'd heard about what Jesus had done in the past and he didn't want Je- and now he couldn't believe it. He couldn't see Jesus. Someone told him he was passing and he wasn't going to let Jesus pass. This is a lesson for us. There are some things, not th- th- there are some things that you'll only get if you demonstrate attention seeking behavior. And when you do it, you'll get resistance first. Whether it's spiritual resistance or other people, you know, oh, just stop talking about revival or just stop talking about getting someone saved or just stop talking about your dream or just stop talking about your vision or just stop, just, just stop talking about it. People try to quieten you or circumstances will tell you to shut up. You call out to the Lord, nothing happens. And, uh, and sometimes your own heart says, who do you think you are kidding to call on the name of the Lord? You're not worthy to call on the name of the Lord. And things stop. Now, sometimes th- th- this is part of God's plan so that you get to the place where you cry out for God. Uh, I, I can think of a number of occasions in my life where things changed only when I demonstrated attention-seeking behavior. A couple of days ago, I sort of... I'd read it, but it, ne- it hit me anew. This scripture hit me anew. In Hebrews, it says that Jesus cried out to his father to save him with loud words. You know that? I, don't, I can't remember what chapter that's in. But Jesus cried out to God to save him loudly. And I thought, that's a bit odd. Why would Jesus ever have to cry out loudly to the father? Why didn't he just... Quietly in faith. I mean, you know, they were intimate. What made Jesus cry out? And I thought that's a little bit like attention-seeking behavior. There's the father and there's his only begotten son. And it's like Jesus isn't just saying, yes, Lord. Yes, Father, whatever your will be done, not mine, but yours be done. But here he is, loud cries to him that could save him. And he was heard. Now I was meditating on that. Because I couldn't get my mind around it. Loud cries. Jesus didn't need loud cries, did he? He had faith. He didn't, he didn't get that intense, did he, with his own father? And I was trying to think, putting, putting myself in his shoes and thinking he was crying out to the father in loud cries. And I just, it was hard for me because this is Jesus, the son of the living God. I thought he'd be a lot calmer than that. It's attention-seeking behavior. And I thought, well, if, if Jesus, the Son of God, exhibited that type of loud cry, and then I thought, what was that? It was the passion for God to come through. And I can, I can tell you there were key times in my life, really key times, so many key times that it's made me think maybe, as I've been hearing this from the Lord, maybe I need to start some attention-seeking behavior again. 
Times when I've been praying to the Lord and believing God and praying for things and praying for things and trusting. And you know that sort of faith that keeps on keeping on. It's a very important faith. Not giving up, just coming again to your throne of glory. Laying it at your feet again, Lord. Just continuing to pray. You know, knocking and knocking and asking and asking and learning that, yes, you're doing a great work in my life, Lord. I'm learning patience and I'm bringing back to you again because nothing has happened and I'm doing that. And usually it happens in my car. And strangely enough, it's happened two or three times in the same place as I'm coming into my, on, on a dual carriageway as I'm coming in. And I'm doing it. And then sometimes, I think it's the Holy Spirit as well. I don't think it. Sometimes I get fed up. T- day after day and week after week, bringing it to your throne, praying down my prayer line. You gave me a prayer line. I'm praying the prayer line and nothing's happening, getting worse. But you're working a work and I am keep on keeping macrothumia, patience, endurance. And then sometimes a snap. And I begin to shout at God in my car. Not in anger, you understand. Not in anger, not, not inappropriately, although sometimes I get worried by the boldness. Sometimes I'm, I am crying out to the Lord and I am speaking to him and, and, and I am speaking words in the back of my mind saying, I hope this isn't too bold, Lord. Forgive me, it's just how I feel. That's what I'm doing. So I'm speaking these bold words. And, and I have noticed that when that takes place, on a number of occasions, things have shifted very quickly. And I'm thinking that was a ten. Now, it's not something you can just do. But it's something that at times we should do. And if I'm speaking prophetically about it tonight, it means that there's some attention-seeking behavior that is going to be released by the Holy Spirit. It's just when you say enough's enough. But it's not coming from you. It's not that sort of fleshly, I've had enough. I've been there and that's okay to go to the Lord and say I've had enough and, and moan and, uh, and moan and all that lot and get it off your chest before God. Better to get it off your chest before God than make all your friends and family miserable because of it. I've learned moan to God, not your wife. Because God can take it better than your wife. And, and God's more merciful than your wife too. So, but there's times, and I'm saying there's times when, when it's, in the, it's a spiritual thing Enough's enough. You cry out to the Lord. And, there's some, and, and, and in those moments, not, in those moments, I'm thinking about three of them in my mind right now I could talk about. In those moments, when you finish, you, you've got this sense, God heard. Just like, you know, Jesus opened up with loud cries to him that could save him, and he was heard. It just got this, and, and so anyway, oh, okay. This is, oh, right, okay. And if I do pray about it again, it's not really necessary. It's more for my benefit. I know that something shifted. In fact, on one of those occasions, when I did this attention-seeking behavior, at the end of it, I thought, it's done. It's done. I can leave that. And although it was a few months until it manifested, I didn't even worry about it again. So what I'm saying is, is there's an element of your life that has to be open to this type of working of God, all right? And because I'm speaking about it, it means that some of this is going to happen. So those of you that are faithful, those that you keep on keeping on, those that you, you know, it's, knock and keep knocking, ring the bell and keep ringing, but sometimes you've got to smash the door down. 
to get God's attention. And the Holy Spirit's the one that gives you that, that desire and that passion. It comes from you. And although you're caught up in that passion and that anger, it's uh, that righteous boldness. It's the Holy Spirit that's in you. And by and Bartimaeus, he was attention-seeking right to the end. Not only did he get up, but he threw off his cloak. That was his blind cloak. It was the equivalent of the white stick today, so that you know that somebody's blind, so that you know you're a, that you've got awareness. Well, that was the robe. So straight away, he got Jesus' attention by shouting. He wouldn't let Jesus pass by. Sometimes, enough's enough. Lord, I won't let you pass me by. I, I, I've got a strong sense about this and I'm going to come to your throne. I'm going to storm your throne and I'm going to turn your head. And the picture is you, you want it to be sort of like, you know, your prayers are ascending to the throne and everything like that and, and, and God is listening and everything like that and then suddenly there's some noise amongst the angels and, and the father, what, what's all that noise? I don't know, someone, someone is attention seeking down, down there. So what, what, what's all that? Who is that? Who is that? Oh, it's Bruce. Wow, he feels strongly about that. Well, we better go and do what he's prayed. See, what happened? He's listening to your prayer, but you turned his head. You got his attention. Your attention-seeking behavior. The next one I thought of, you can turn to it if you want, Mark 5.25, but it's the woman with the issue of blood. She got Jesus' attention. And uh, she was in a situation, a similar situation, where everything she was trying wasn't working. She spent all her money on the doctors. It just wasn't working. She tried everything. And now there was only one call of action. She had to press into Christ. And no one was going to get in her way. She was going to get the attention. When I say she's going to get his attention, I know she didn't like shout or anything. But she wanted the attention of the anointing. She knew there was something that she, she was she was pursuing the anointing that was on his life or the empowering that was on his life. That's what she was pursuing. And so, you know, I don't need to go and unpack this in detail. It's just enough to get you the feel. She pushed through all those crowds and she was making them all ritually unclean because she had an issue of blood, which in those days made her ritually unclean. And so she was totally out of social order in doing what she was doing. If they had known who were touching her, the Pharisees would have just gone mad. But she pushed in, pushed in, and then she managed. And everybody wanted to touch Jesus. And she managed, and she got there. Her tenacity, she wanted it badly enough. She touched the hem of his garden, garment, and immediately Jesus felt power flow from him. It's possible for us to so press into God that power flows from him. It's like we, we are so desirous of his anointing and his flow that it flows out of him. And he's like, whoa, who did that? That's what we want, don't we? We want the flow to come and God's go, hey, what, who touched me? That's what we want, that type of attitude. And all the disciples, everybody's touching you. What do you mean who's touching you? Yeah, but somebody was touching him and caught his attention. Their faith caught the attention of of the anointing on his life, the anointing that was on his life, the power that was on his life. They didn't, didn't get his psychological attention by words, but touched him and out of him came this thing. God, sometimes you just got to go in, you got to take Jesus' garment, you just got to grab onto him. You know, like a little kid, when dad says in the morning, I've got to go to work now, 
And the kid goes, no, stay, play. No, I've got to go to, no, stay. No, I, no I've got to go. No, daddy's going to work. And what does the kid do? Grabs onto your leg. And you're like this. And she, you're thinking, do you know what? Maybe I'll call in sick today. <laughs> no, I've never done that. I'm just saying, you know, because your kid's got on your leg, you know. What are you going to do? You're going to shake, you're gonna shake your, your own child off, grabbing your leg. Don't go, Dad. Don't go, Dad. And you don't want to go, do you? You want to stay. And if you could, you would. That's attention-seeking behavior. And then finally, uh, a little bit more sophisticated attention-seeking behavior. It got Jesus' attention anyway, was the centurion in Matthew chapter 8, verse 5. And... Um, uh, and what got Jesus' attention was the centurion's understanding of his power and authority. You know the story. He comes to the centurion, comes to Jesus. Uh, my young servant needs help. And Jesus says, you know what, I'll come down. I'll meet your servant and I'll heal him. And this centurion says, not necessary. And Jesus is like, Pardon? It's not necessary for you to come to your house. Well, no, I'll come to your house. I'll pray. It's not, don't need to. What do you mean I don't need to? Hey, I'm a centurion. I have people under my command. And when I tell them to do something, they do it. When I give a command, it's done. And I can see in you that you have authority and power and that you just need to say the word and my servant will be healed. Now, Maybe that wasn't attention-seeking behavior, but it certainly got Jesus' attention. And if you read the passage, Jesus is taken aback. He's marked, he can't, what? And he goes and says, I tell you what, Israel, you talk about your faith left, right, and center, but I've never seen faith like this. Do you know it is possible for us, with the help of the Holy Spirit, for Jesus to marvel at our faith. Now, I know you might find that hard to take, but it's true. It's true. It is possible for you to get Jesus' attention and to turn his head, not maybe for attention-seeking behavior. We've been talking about that. But just by pure, unadulterated, raw faith. Raw faith. Remember William Lee? And how he would use moving the gift of faith and the miraculous on the platform. Someone would come. There's no music, no nothing. And he was doing this in halls up and down the country where there was no music, no, no, no singing hallelujah for three hours. Nothing, raw. He'd do it on the street. And people would go up and he'd be there in his gypsy tracksuit. And he'd be like, what's up? Oh, I haven't moved my arm for ten years. Oh, all right. Well, we'll believe God and you'll get healed. You saw it, didn't you? Time, time again. Then simply, Father, no big light, you know, just believed God. And that raw type of faith, we saw many, many miracles, didn't we? Not everybody got healed, of course. Some got a measure of healing. Some didn't get healed, but we saw a measure. And, and it's that type of faith. And there are times when you just got to be, you just got, the Holy Spirit will show you, you just got to be crazy faith. And you can do faith actions that can surprise God. 
And that's, that's where I want to land here. This is what the centurion surprised God by his faith action. You say, well, he didn't do anything. Yes, he did. He said, you don't need to act. You just need to speak. And that's what surprised Jesus. Sometimes the Holy Spirit, because it all comes from the Holy Spirit. Uh, sometimes you might not realize. He will ask you to do something crazy faith. He'll ask you to bless somebody in a crazy way. He'll ask you to do something in a crazy way. He'll ask you to speak to somebody in, in a way that you would never in a million years have done it. But you'll step out and you'll tell them about God's love or whatever. Or you'll do something. You'll pray for somebody. You'll step out. You'll do something extraordinary. Extraordinary. Not ordinary. Extraordinary. I know that, isn't there, some of you here today, you've done something. That was crazy faith, wasn't it? You think of that time. There was a time when you felt prompt and you thought, what? I'm to sow that seed or I'm to do that or I'm to speak to this person or I'm to go on mission or I'm to believe God for this or I'm, I've got to do something. I've got to speak to my boss or I'm going to, you know, it's only the, and, and you do something and, and you just step out. And you do something extraordinary for yourself. It really is a leap of faith or a step of faith. And sometimes that's what we need to do to break through. Sometimes we need to do a working of a miracle. Sometimes we need to do something and act on that impulse that is to do for somebody's good and just step out. I can't really talk more about that because that's when the Holy Spirit puts that seed in your life to do it. I'm not asking you just to go out and be crazy on the tube right now, but I'm saying there'll be a time when something, and I'm prophesying so it's going to happen to some of you soon, there'll be a time soon with some of you when God's going to drop something in you that will cause you to do something with great faith. It's going to be something. It's not just a normal Christian life. It's just going to be something extraordinary. It's going to be something great. It's going to be something that you're going to do. Well, I don't know how what that will be. It'll be something for you, but you'll say, what? That's a big step. That, that's a big step. That's a big thing to do. But that is going to turn the head of Jesus in your situation. Not only bless whoever that blesses, but it's going to be something where God will look at that and say, Wow. That's my girl. That's my boy. You really stepped out. This wasn't your general believing God, your general trusting God. All that's very important. This was you doing something pretty crazy and out there. And that's going to be a powerful testimony for you. Hallelujah. Let's just stand before the presence of the Lord. Christian's going to come right now. We're going to get the ministry team forward. Oh, I had one thing to ask you. Sorry. You can still stand. Um, we're looking at the 7 o'clock service. We've got... Next week, we've got uh, Teen Challenge. The week after, we've got that great concert, a worship evening, then the carol service, and we're coming into the new year. But we're looking at how we can do the Holy Spirit fire service better. And I just got a quick question to ask you. How many people would, how many people would prefer it if we could? I'm not promising. I'm just asking to find out. If we could move the 7 o'clock fire service to six o'clock. How many people think that would be better? Wave at me. Just, li also, just lift your hand up high and keep it high. Okay. How many people, we just turn it from seven till six every week. So who would like that? It would be better. Lift your hand because I'm just want, we just want to, I want to see this so we can talk. Okay. Who, who, people are arguing about it already. Who, who, reg which regulars, would prefer, you say, no, I like it at the seven. 
All right, that's okay. Well, we learned a lot from doing that, didn't we? All right, well, we'll, see, we'll continue to seek the Lord. If you've got any strong opinions, because we just want to know if, if, if bringing it forward to the six works or not. I've got you all talking now, haven't I? Well, we'll come back to this. We're not, we're not in a hurry. We're not going to do anything over Christmas, although the Boxing Day is 6 o'clock, but we'll come back to this. 6.30. Yeah. How many would like 6.30? Would that be better? All right, all right. I'm just sowing the seed. Give me some feedback, because we'll come back to this to find out what's better. All right, Lord. If you need to leave, we understand if you need to go right now. Lord, we've been calling on you. Release now your healings. Release now amongst us. Ministry team, come forward. Christian's got some words right now. If you need to leave during this time, fine. But if you want to wait in the presence of the Lord, we're going to be here another 20 minutes or so, worshiping the Lord and moving in the healing. So if you need to go, fine. But if you can stay, fine too. Hallelujah. Let's lift our hands and just invite the Holy Spirit here as we minister right now. Thank you, Father God. I want to pray for people tonight. Some people in this place today, I had a picture of someone who's got a severe ankle problem and pain in the ankle. If that's you, whether it's a swollen ankle or pain in the toe area, I want you to just come on the right-hand side of the platform now. I want to pray for you here on the platform. If you're suffering from pain in the ankle here tonight. Also, I had a word. Many people here tonight may be having relapses of their sickness. Now, God may have healed you before, uh, or maybe you ha- might have had an operation, you've been healed, but you keep having these relapses, and, and you believe in God tonight that God is finally going to complete His healing inside of you. Amen? He's going to complete the work. If that's you, you've been having relapses, then I want you to come forward, and the, and the ministry team are going to pray for you right now. Have I got anybody, Chris, here who's got the ankle problem? Someone with the an- ankle, the left ankle problem. Right now, come on, the, come on the platform. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. Just put your hands forward and begin to pray. What's, what's the problem with your ankle? Um, it's my ankle and my left toe. Um, it's been an issue for a couple of years now. Do you get pe- pain, severe pain in that toe? Yeah, I was actually at the doctor's for it this week. Um, I, I haven't been able to kind of play sports and do certain forms of exercise. Um, this has been for how long? Two years. Two years, because the, the, the feeling they had tonight, the word they had tonight was this, exactly what you're describing, the severe pain in the toe area that's, that's hindering you in, in some way. So let's pray right now. Let's just lift your hands right now. Believe that God's given us that word and that He's going to do something in your ankle right now in the name of Jesus. Are you in pain right now? So, Father God, in Jesus' name, Father, we thank you that you are the doctor. We thank you that you're the great physician, Lord. And we thank you for this word tonight in the name of Jesus. And, Father, we rebuke this pain in the name of Jesus. We command healing in these toes, Father, and in this ankle in the name of Jesus. We say, feet and ankle be strong in Jesus' name. Loose your power right now in Jesus' name. Lord, from the top of her head to the soles of her feet, right now, believe you have a complete healing. Complete healing right now in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Now just begin to move your ankle right now. How, how does that feel? Is there any place where you do something and, and you can check if there's a difference there? It's 
um, it's kind of certain movements and I've got um, like an instep that keeps it braced at the moment so it's, it's difficult to tell. Can you just go off the platform and check, check it out for me and then come back and tell me if there's a difference there? Something happened in there right now. Come, There's another lady here. Thank you, Father God. Now, I wanted to pray for people tonight. If there's anybody here tonight, um, either people suffer from migraine headaches, but it's connected to the eyes. And sometimes either you get these headaches and you get this blurred vision. Uh, and if that's someone tonight, I want us to pray for you in the name of Jesus for healing. Someone suffering from migraine headaches that's causing this blurry vision. If that's you, come out, out of your seat right now and just receive prayer here at the front. What's the problem here? Yeah, I fell over really badly last week and I kind of twisted it and stuff. So it was swollen. I can walk on it, but if I'm... That's your, that's your right angle. It's swollen on the on the side there. Yeah. Have you been to see the doctor? Yeah, yeah, but they didn't give me a crutch or anything because he said it's not a sprain, but it's still... So are you, are you limping right now? So let's believe God right now. Sarah, you can just put your hands on, on her right ankle right now. In Jesus' name, lift your hands right now. We just believe God. Ah, thank you, Father. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we believe you, Father God, for this swelling to go right now in the name of Jesus. Looser and let it go right now in the name of Jesus. Father God, we say, feet and ankles be strong. In Jesus' name, we ask you, Father God, for complete healing. Jesus name. Just begin to move that ankle right now. Go for a little walk and check check it out right now. How does that feel? Thank you, Lord Jesus. How does that feel? Go for another walk right now. Thank you, Father God. Say strengthen, Father, in the name of Jesus. Strengthen, Father, in Jesus' name. How, how does it feel? Come. Because I couldn't turn it to the side like that way without it hurting but it's not hurting so the the pain is gone it's gone down yeah. can you go up and down the stairs and, and see how it feels right now thank you father she said that she, as she turns it to the right the pain is going thank you father come 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 back up the stairs come back up the stairs how's that feel right now Feels a lot better. Can you like stand on it like this? Can you jump? How's that? How's that feel? I couldn't. It's still hurting a bit, but I couldn't do that before. You couldn't do that before. You know, just lift your hands right now and let God just complete the work He started in you, in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you that you're the God who completes the work, Lord. You've done a work tonight, Lord. We say. Lord, let her life become strong in Jesus' name. We say, no weapon formed against you shall prosper in the name of Jesus Christ. We cut up every assignment of the enemy and we proclaim divine protection over you and your family in the name of Jesus. So, Father God, we say that this ankle be completely healed and strong in the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you, Father. Amen. Let's give Jesus praise right now. We've seen a, a release of his healing. Thank you, Father God. What's your problem tonight? Actually, I have my toe. I got a couple of operations with my toes. And it's just no healing. And my right ankle is most of the time swollen. My a couple of operations in your toes. And 
And are you in pain right now? Yeah, it is. It's actually at my right ankle. It's in, in, your mo- in your right ankle? What about your left ankle? It's fine. Your left ankle is fine, so we'll pray for your right ankle tonight. And you're in pain right now? Heaviness. Okay. Just lift your hands right now. Just lift your hands and receive your healing. Just Sarah, if you want to pray for that ankle right now. Says she's had a couple of operations on this ankle and, and she's in pain right now. Father God, the word that you gave me tonight was feet and ankle bones receive strength right now in the name of Jesus. Therefore, Father God, we pray in your mighty name. And we say, Father God, instead of a relapse, Father God, there'll be a completion in Jesus' name of your healing. Father, thank you that you're a doctor. Father, thank you that you've seen other doctors. But Lord, thank you that she's coming to you tonight, Lord. And we pray in the name of Jesus that this pain would come out of her body right now into the cross of Christ. Rebuke this pain. Loose her and let it go in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father. Now just begin to move your ankle right now. How does that feel? Can you, can you stand up like that on your toes? How does that feel? It's lighter. It's lighter. Is, is, the, pain, is the pain gone? Just go for a little walk and check check it out. How 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 is that feeling right now? I I think there's there's something happening there. Thank you, Lord Jesus. How, how does it feel? I know it's going to be all right, but how does it feel right now? It's, like, it's lighter. It's it's not it's no pain. It was like like somebody's pushing my ankle. Just felt like a chain pushing. There's an, improve, there's an improvement. It feels lighter. Well, you know, God's, God's creating that lightness because that's the Holy Spirit. Amen? So we're just going to pray again because you know what? The Holy Spirit, He's a gentleman. He's not going to do anything. So don't be, don't be frightened. But He's just healing you right now. He's making that lighter. He's making that stronger. So just close your eyes right now. Sarah, just lay hands up on the ankle again. Thank you, Father. Lord, we thank you that you're the God who lightens our burdens. You break every yoke, Father. You cancel every strategy of the enemy. In Jesus' name. Therefore, we thank you that this ankle is being healed in the name of Jesus. Oh, Father, from the top of her head to the soles of her feet. Loose her and let her go right now in the name of Jesus. Father, God, loose your healing all over her body. All over her body, Father. Loose your healing power. Just receive his power right now. That's the power of God right there. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Thank you, Jesus. I don't know what's been going on in your life, but the, the Lord is releasing His power upon you. He's healing you. He's going to turn your life around. 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 Touch your father right now. Just let it go. Let it go. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, touch your father right now. From the inside out, right down in the depths of her heart, Lord. Bring a healing. Bring a healing. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord. You know when Bruce is talking about perfect love tonight, that, that may be describing you tonight. The perfect love casts out all fear. Perfect love. The Father's love. The Father's love. Perfect love casts out all fear. 
in Jesus' name. Pour your love, pour your love, pour your love, pour your love upon her father. Pour your love upon her father. You love her with an everlasting love. Jesus, an everlasting love. Everlasting. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Jesus. Just going to let her pray for her there, Father God, hallelujah, Jesus. Can we just have a song there, Noel? Noel, can we just have a song right now? Thank you, Father. What's wrong with you? Migraine, migraine. Oh, you've been suffering from migraine headaches. Do you get blurred vision with those migraines?
What's your name? Doreen. Doreen. What's your problem tonight, Doreen? I've got to have screws in my legs, my ankles. In your ankles. And are you in pain right now? Yeah, it's sometimes it collapses. So your, your left ankle sometimes gives way? Yeah, it gives way sometimes, unexpectedly. And you, you got healed before, you said? I got healed from a yeah, um, healing school, Pastor Chris. And um, it's like when the weather changed now, it's like it's coming back, you know. But I do believe that God would heal me. And you believe in God tonight. Lift your hands right now. Sarah, if you just want to put your hand upon her ankle right now. She says she's got 12 screws in, in this left side. Well, Lord, we pray, Father God, in the name of Jesus, that you'd release your healing screws into this ankle, Father, right now. In the name of Jesus. Father God, we rebuke this swelling in the name of Jesus. We say this healing shall not depend on weather patterns. In the name of Jesus, the Father God, thank you that you're above any weather pattern, Father God. In the name of Jesus, therefore, Father God, we loose your healing power, Lord, from the top of her head to the soles of her feet, Lord God. In Jesus' name, we say feet and ankle bones receive strength in the name of Jesus. Pain come out of her body right now. Loose her right now in the name of Jesus. Start a good work with you. Continue to complete it. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Just uh, go for a walk right now. How does that feel right now? Lighter now. Feels light. Yeah, it feels light. Can you, what can you? Is it? Is the pain complete? Yeah, it's complete. Take another walk there. Check, check it out right now. Can you lift your leg up like this? Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. Father, we just thank you, Father God, in Jesus' name, that you're the healer. Bless your holy name. We give you the glory and the honor and the thanks. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's finish with a, a fast song tonight. Amen. Thank you, God, for his power. You know, it's Jesus who's the healer. Hallelujah. If you're here at the 7 o'clock service or whether it's 6 o'clock or wherever we're going to take this service, you know, it, it, Jesus is the healer. And there's nothing special about me. There's something special about KT and about what God's doing here. But you're KT, amen. You can take this anointing and this power into the week. That's what we're believing God for. So if you see anybody who's sick, ask the Holy Spirit, Lord, do you want me to pray? Do you want me to believe you? And step out in faith and believe God this week for fantastic things. God bless you guys. Have a fantastic evening.